Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. For health, for environment, for the animals, you don't have to be 100%. You don't. So if you're not ready for that, it's okay. Start making steps. Consider Meatless Monday. Consider having all of your breakfast plant-based or all of your dinners. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 190. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Welcome back, veggie lovers, to another episode of Veggie Doctor Radio. Today, I'm going to be talking about the benefits of part-time veganism. Now, I know that the majority of my listeners are probably completely plant-based, exclusively plant-based, vegans, but even if you are, you may have friends and family who are not quite ready to go all the way yet. So you can listen to this episode and get some tips for them or even better, share this episode with them. Share it on your social media, email it, text it. There's so many ways that you can share this episode. I think it's going to be really helpful and hopefully it'll give you some new perspectives to think about. Before I get to that, a couple of things. One, I wanted to mention something kind of special that we did for New Year's this year. So I have been evaluating my life and my life goals and trying to really center and focus in on what I want out of this life. And I thought that I would work on my bucket list But then I thought that would be a cool exercise that we could do as a family. We were actually traveling during New Year's. And so I asked everybody in my family, my two sons and my husband, to come up with at least five items that they wanted to put on their bucket list. Now, if you aren't familiar with the term bucket list, basically what it means is things that you want to do or accomplish, see, experience in this life before you die. So in some ways it's kind of morbid, but it's also super inspirational because it helps you focus on what's most important to you, but also includes that 
element of fun and excitement and adventure. So my husband, he had like a bazillion outdoor things. That's his deal that he likes to do. I wasn't super surprised about my older sons because I feel like we talk a lot. I know him very well. Then my younger son really delighted and surprised me. And I am just so glad we did this exercise because I discovered some things that were in his little brain that I didn't know. One of them was that he would like to open a tea shop at some point in his life. And another one was that he wants to be on at least one game show, one of them being Family Feud, another one being Jeopardy. So cool. And that inspired me to actually add those to my bucket list as things that I want to do to support his bucket list. Isn't that fun? So when we learn about each other, we can discover ways that we can help one another reach our goals and fulfill our dreams and our desires in this lifetime. I wanted to share a couple of my items with you. This one is going to seem probably kind of arrogant and cocky and overconfident. I'm just going to say it and then you can decide what you want about me and judge me however you want. But one of the things on my bucket list is I want to interview Oprah someday. I know a lot of people have that they want to be on Oprah. Well, you can't be on Oprah anymore because there's no Oprah, but be interviewed by her. I want to interview her. Wouldn't that be so amazing? And then another item on my bucket list is I want to write a best-selling book. My first book is not quite a bestseller, which is not, I did not expect it to be, but I have already conceived the idea for my next book. And I have a feeling that it has the potential to become a bestseller. So those are just two items on my bucket list. If you feel inspired to help me reach my goals and my dreams, there's a couple of asks I have for you. One of them is vote for my podcast on Veg News. My podcast, this podcast that you're listening to right now, Veggie Doctor Radio, has been selected as one of the top podcasts of the year. And you can go to vegnews.com forward slash veggie awards and vote for Veggie Doctor Radio as the best podcast of the year for the Veggie Awards. There's a lot of items on that list and podcast is on page six and it's category number 56. What's really cool about voting in the Veggie Awards is that you get to see all the cool different products and foods and restaurants that there are. So you get to learn a lot of things and it'll make you hungry too. So sorry, not sorry. So please, if you have time, vote for my podcast. That would be very delightful for me. The other ask that I have, and I know I've been asking you this for a long time. If you have not already purchased a copy of my book, A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy, can you please do so? My book is available in paperback, it's available in ebook, it's available in audiobook, and I narrated it myself. This is great for parents, but it's also great for anybody that helps feed children and feeds themselves. You can learn a lot from this book for yourself as well. If you love my book, can you purchase it for friends and family? Can you tell people about my book? The reason is, is because the better this book sells, the more likely I can get that next book deal that's going to help put me on the road to write that next amazing blockbuster book that has already been conceived and has started growing inside of my brain and my soul. 
I think it's going to be phenomenal. I think you're going to love it. I think it's going to change a lot of lives. So I'm super excited about it. But if you can help me with these items, support me, show that you listen to me and you support me and that you would be willing to support me once my next book is out, that's going to help me reach my goals and dreams. And together we grow. Together we have fun and adventure in this life. All right, that's enough about that. Let's talk about part-time veganism. So it's the new year. Of course, at the beginning of the year, lots of people are excited, going to the gym, trying to eat more fruits and vegetables. And I've had more than one person reach out to me asking for tips, which is so exciting. It makes me so happy when people are thinking about incorporating more plant-based eating into their lives. And a lot of people at the beginning of the year, they're focusing on their health and their well-being. And you know, in this podcast, I talk a lot about lifestyle habits. I talk a lot about nutrition, plant-based nutrition. Some people may be wanting to switch because of the environmental and compassionate animal reasons. And I'm gonna talk about all of that. But first, let me give you some statistics which are super exciting. Because of the pandemic, 47% of Americans have begun to eat more plant-based foods. The main reason that they cite is for their health and their immunity. So people do, at least on some level, understand that what we eat affects our health. So that's great. But can you believe that? 47%, that's almost half of Americans, are conscious of making deliberate choices to eat more plant-based. One in four Americans are eating more plant-based, quote, protein options. You know, I don't love that term, but that's the way the research was done because that's how Americans see food is in macronutrients, but that's still very positive. For those of you in the UK, one in five people in the UK are eating more vegan and vegetarian foods since the beginning of the pandemic, and 23% of those cited personal health as being their main driver. More than half of young Americans age 24 to 39, that's almost my demographic. I'm just gonna put myself in there. Consider themselves flexitarian. And flexitarian means that they're semi-vegetarian, mostly eating a vegetarian diet, but occasionally eating meat. Now this is so fascinating to me. Have you heard of Grubhub? So it is an online delivery service. Basically you can use an app, you can search for a restaurant, you can search for food, and they bring you that food, right? The driver comes and drops it off. It's one of the best and worst things ever, okay? So <laughs> they put together a list of top orders for the year and trends that they see. They also look at different parts of the country and what kind of things people are eating. It's super cool to kind of see things like that. But can you believe that in 2021, so the year that just finished, the Impossible Burger was the number one online order. It was up 442% from 2020. It gives me chills. And vegan orders were up by 16% in 2021. This is all good. This is all great. And I know what you're thinking, the Impossible Burger is not a health food. We're gonna get to that, okay? Because today we're gonna talk about things that we can do to improve lots of things and not be perfectionists. All right, so that's the good news. Let me tell you the sobering news. So the sobering news, a study released in October 2021 found that Americans are eating more ultra-processed foods more than ever. It's continuously increased over the past two decades. And overall for Americans, ultra-processed foods 
is contributing to 57% of our calorie intake. So 57% of the calories that the average American are taking in are coming from ultra processed foods. You've probably heard me saying this before, but when they looked at the children by themselves, and analyze just the children, children are taking in nearly 70% of their calories from ultra processed foods. So the kiddos are eating even more ultra processed foods than the average American. Only one in 10 adults, 10%, one in 10 adults, eats enough fruits and vegetables. The definition of that would be five servings per day. So one to three cups of fruits, two to three cups of veggies per day, five servings per day. Only 10% of Americans is actually doing that. Also, even though our consumption of plant-based alternatives is increasing, you should see the, if you haven't, if you don't consume a plant-based milk, you should look into it. Have you seen the shelves? for plant-based milk. It's ridiculous. I mean, there's like 50 bazillion options. I am afraid that some people will go there and just not even purchase anything because it's overload, it's overwhelming. My favorite is still soy milk. But anyway, I'm getting off track. Even though we're seeing increase in these plant-based alternatives, our meat consumption is actually still kind of going up, y'all. Per capita in the United States, we are consuming 264 pounds of meat per person per year. 264 pounds of meat. That's about three quarters of a pound of meat per day per person. It consists of about 67 pounds of pork per year, 84 pounds of beef, and the worst is chicken. And now for a very important message. Hey, veggie lover, if you are looking for free resources to guide you on your plant-based and healthy living journey, go to dryami.com forward slash free for tons of free downloadable PDFs. Hundreds of people have taken advantage of my tips to help them reduce meat and dairy consumption, navigate eating out, and build satisfying plant-based meals. Download one or download them all. And don't forget to share with friends and family dryami.com forward slash free. And now back to the episode. 115 pounds of chicken per person per year. We'll talk about that a little bit more. So that's the good news, that's the bad news. Whenever you're considering integrating more plant-based eating into your life, I want you to think about three different things your health, the environment, and the animals. And I'll just take a quick little detour here. We are titling it veganism in the title because I think for keywords and things, I think it's attractive to some people. If you don't even wanna use the term veganism because veganism itself is defining more of an ethical standpoint. And I think a lot of vegans might argue you can't be a part-time vegan. You're either vegan or not vegan. But I will say that there's no such thing as a perfect vegan. It's like impossible. I think it's impossible to be 100% perfect vegan for a lot of different reasons. However, when you're looking at integrating more whole plant foods into your life, more plant-based alternatives into your life, there's a lot of benefits that you can incur from making that choice without having to go all in. So let's talk about health. 
Remember how I said only 10% of Americans are eating even just five servings of fruits and vegetables per day? Well, just eating five servings of fruits and veggies per day can decrease your risk of premature death, increase longevity, decrease your heart disease, stroke, cancer, and death from respiratory diseases, okay? So basically, because the standard American diet is so poor and so low in quality, even just making small shifts, small changes in your diet can make a huge difference in your health, your well-being, and your longevity. I am a certified lifestyle medicine physician through the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And the American College of Lifestyle Medicine has six pillars to their lifestyle medicine definition, basically. One of those, and one of the most important, in my opinion, is nutrition. And it is to adopt a nutrient-dense, plant-predominant, eating pattern. So they don't say everybody has to be 100% plant-based to be healthy, to reach the well-being, longevity, joy that they desire, but we all do have to start thinking about incorporating more whole plant foods into our lives and eventually getting to the point where it's the predominant source of our calories, of our intake, okay? And I totally believe that. I know that the majority of us are not gonna go 100%, and even if we could, it's not gonna happen. Even if we wanted to, it's not gonna happen overnight. I think we could, but a lot of people don't want to, okay? So that is one very large and growing organization that supports going as far as you can with it. If you wanna go 100%, go for it. I love that and I will definitely support that. But if you don't feel ready for your health, start integrating more whole plant foods. Have you heard of the Blue Zones? For a while, I talked about the Blue Zones a lot because I love the concept of the blue zone. So the blue zones are places around the world that naturally have a high percentage of healthy, happy centenarians. So people that are living to and beyond the age of 100 years old. They're living long and they're living well. Because it doesn't matter if we can live long if we're stuck in bed and feeling not great, okay? So they're living long and living well. These places are Icaria, Greece, Loma Linda, California. We do have a blue zone, a natural blue zone here in the U.S. Sardinia, Italy, Okinawa, Japan, and Nicoya, Costa Rica. So in the blue zones, they did the research, this qualitative research where they went and they interviewed these centenarians, found out different aspects of their life where they collated the data and they were able to synthesize it down to about nine key principles that they thought were correlated with why these people were living long, healthy lives. Of course, there were things like their physical activity. They spend a lot of time moving throughout the day, but it's natural natural movement. They have gardens. They walk lots of places. Some of these places are really hilly, so they have to walk up and down hills and they're mobile and they're active. And instead of sitting around all day, they squat, things like that. So these are different examples from different of these populations. They're very well connected. They have good, strong support systems. They have a sense of purpose in their life. But when it comes to diet in all of these blue zones, it was a plant predominant diet. In fact, in a lot of these places, it was 90 to 95% plant-based. They were only eating meat 
once or twice a month in some of these places. And it was reserved for those celebratory occasions or they were using meat sparingly to flavor their foods as a condiment instead of as the main course. Here in the United States, meat is the main course. It is elevated to the status of grandeur. It's the main thing, the bigger the better. Give me a big slab of meat. But this is not how it was in the blue zones. It's opposite. And a lot of things, it's not because it was like this deliberate choice, like we're gonna eat less meat. It's because that is what these people had access to, especially earlier in the history of these places. And so that's just how it happened. And the other thing that's in common with these places is that they all eat beans. You know I'm a bean pusher. I am definitely a bean pusher, so I love that. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So when it comes to health, if you are considering eating more plant-based, adopting more of a vegan way of life, where can you start? Just like I said earlier, the easiest way to start is going to be with your milk alternatives. There are over 20 commercially available plant milks on the market. You can get them in the refrigerated section. You can get them in the shelf stable section. You get them unsweetened, fortified, all kinds of stuff. Oat, cashew, rice, flax, soy. I mean, there's a bazillion. That's an easy place to start. And now for those of you that are cheese lovers, there's a lot more cheese alternatives available too. So that is an easy place to start. The next thing is going to be to decrease and avoid and swap out your processed and red meat. So there's going to be things like hot dog, sausage, lunch meats, bacon, because we know for sure that these foods are correlated to colon cancer. And we don't want to increase our risk of cancer by eating a lot of these foods. So this is an easy place to start where you can start to make swaps and replacements and just kind of crowd it out of your diet. Add more fruits, veggies, beans, to your meals and snacks. When you start, you don't even have to think about taking anything out. You can just start to add things. And like I said, when you add these foods, they taste good, they feel good. It's going to start crowding out some of the animal foods. It's going to start crowding out some of the ultra processed foods. I'm not saying you can never have ultra processed foods because I do believe that there should be balance because we live in the real world and we live in a world that has ultra processed foods. We're not gonna go to whole foods overnight. So I'm not saying you can never have an impossible burger. I think they're great for the barbecue and the get togethers and your Friday night fun with your family or whatever, but how can we focus more on getting those whole plant foods into our lives? The benefits of eating more whole plant foods, the number one is fiber and then antioxidants and phytonutrients. When it comes to fiber, so many amazing things that fiber does I don't know, that was poor grammar. One, improves your digestion. We all know that. Helps you have regular bowel movements. It can help bind with excess hormones and cholesterol, and then you excrete it with your waist. It gives you satiety so that at the end of the day, you're eating 
or consuming less calories overall because you have more bulk in your system. It helps you feel full and satisfied. But the number one thing that it does that is so important is that it helps feed our friendly gut bugs, our microbiome. They are so important. Our gut microbiome, the bacteria, the fungi, everything that lives in our body, it outnumbers our human cells by a factor of 10. We have to be nice to them. We have to feed them and we feed them fiber, okay? That's prebiotics, okay? Episode of Veggie Doctor Radio 98.5 with Dr. Will B is amazing and we'll give you more details on this if you're interested. And then episode number 179 goes all into the benefits of eating more whole plant foods. It's called Why Nutrition is Important Now More Than Ever. So check those out because I don't want to get too detailed in this episode on all of those things, but I have lots of resources available for you. And now for a very important message. Hey mama, if you are feeling frustrated about mealtime battles, worried that your child isn't eating enough or eating enough vegetables, afraid that your child is going to get some awful deficiency or disease because of the lack of diversity in their diet, I wrote a book that might be for you. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Did you know that most children are born with the innate ability to eat the appropriate amount of food to satisfy their hunger and support appropriate growth? Despite this, parents are still anxious and confused about how much and what to feed their children. In addition, many children are labeled as picky eaters or develop behaviors such as hiding and sneaking food. There's also a growing epidemic of dieting behaviors and eating disorders beginning at alarmingly young ages. In my book, you'll learn the five pillars of healthy eating, how to apply intuitive eating through all the stages of development, lifestyle habits that support healthy eating and body image, troubleshooting and problem solving for picky eaters, overeating and dieting behaviors, how to create and foster a healthy body image in your children, how exploring your own body image and relationship with food will help raise an intuitive eater, and what foods to offer your child at different stages of development. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy, available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Are you ready for a fresh approach to feeding your child? For more information, visit dryami.com forward slash book. And now back to the episode. For those of you that are like, yes, I want to try some of these milk alternatives and some of these dairy alternatives. I have a freebie. I also have a podcast episode. But if you go to dryami.com, so D-O-C-T-O-R-Y-M-I.com forward slash dairy free altogether, you can download my freebie that has all the deets on how to replace dairy, all the different kinds, like milk, cheese, yogurt, creamy recipe stuff, all of that, okay? So check that out. All right, number two reason that you may wanna consider becoming a part-time vegan is the environment. So the meat and dairy industry contribute to 60% of greenhouse gases, 60% of greenhouse gases. Eating in a flexitarian style can reduce your emissions or the amount that you contribute to those emissions by 52%. That's not nothing, that's something. 
It's significant. You don't have to think about this as all or nothing. How can you eat more plants? How can you eat less animal products? Even if it's not all the way, you don't have to be all the way to make a difference. So if everyone on the planet ate less meat, ate less animal products, it would be phenomenal. It would make so much of an impact. But it's not just about our carbon and greenhouse emissions. Animal agriculture creates so much waste. It uses so much of our water. It's amazing how impactful and how damaging it is to our environment. And we can lessen our impact on that by consuming less of those products, by choosing with our wallets, by choosing with our deliberate decisions to consume less of the animal products. I have a couple of episodes that you might like to listen to. Episode 153 is on eco-nutrition with Mary Purdy, who is a dietitian, and episode number 94 with Dr. John McDougall, who is uber passionate about the environment and our impact on it and how a change in our diet can make a huge difference, okay? So making a change is significant. Consider it, even if you're not willing to go 100%. All right, final, number three, the animals. This turns a lot of people off, and I think it does because of cognitive dissonance. So cognitive dissonance means that we cannot hold two opposing ideas in our heads at the same time because it's very uncomfortable. So the majority of us, myself included, were raised to think that not only was eating animals essential to our health, but that it's normal and then it's natural and that it's okay. And that that's just the way we've always done things. Maybe we were even raised to believe that the animals don't suffer. And maybe we were even raised to believe that they don't feel pain. Do you know that there was a time that they would do circumcisions on little baby boys without any local anesthesia because they believed that newborns didn't feel pain? Can you believe that? There's actually still some doctors that do circumcisions without any local anesthesia. We have believed the same thing about animals, that animals don't have emotions, that animals don't suffer, that it doesn't matter because we have to eat them anyway for our health. So whenever we have these opposing ideas that, no, I was told it was fine, that's how I was raised, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then part of you is like, you know what? I feel a little bad about this. You're gonna reject that part that feels bad because it's very uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good to feel bad, okay? But just hear me out on this. Every year, nearly 70 billion land animals are killed for food. 70 billion land animals. This does not include fish which brings it up to the multiple three-digit billions, okay? So that is 23 million animals per day. Chickens, the poor babies, it's the worst. 197 million chickens per day are slaughtered. And it is because a lot of people have been told that they shouldn't eat red meat, which I agree, or should eat less red meat because it can cause health problems and that chicken is better. And so now everybody's eating chicken. As you heard when I was talking about our current intake in the United States, 67 pounds of pork, 84 pounds of beef, and 115 pounds of chicken per person per year. That's a lot of chickens. It is estimated that the average meat-eating American will consume 7,000 animals in their lifetime. So this is 11 cows, 27 pigs, 
2,400 chickens, 80 turkeys, 30 sheep, and 4,500 fish, if you want to think about it a little bit more in terms of the faces of those animals. So even if you can't go 100%, we are eating an excessive amount of animals. And not only could that potentially be harming our health and the environment, but duh, it's harming the animals. They have to die to be on our plate. They don't want to die. There is no living creature that is born to desire death. Like that just is not part of evolution, you know? Like we're born because we strive to live. We're born because we strive to reproduce and further our species. But these animals, we have entrapped them in a system that benefits us and our palates, okay? So even if you choose with your wallet, if you make that deliberate decision to choose less of these animals, you are making an impact. Just think of the faces of each one of those animals that is living their entire life to end up on your plate. That is the purpose of their life, to be on your plate. Just think about it. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. There's no shame. I was not born vegan and I'm not perfect. I know that this is uncomfortable. I just want you to think about it. Moving on. Now that you know the three reasons and why even if you make this a part of the time thing, why it can have a significant impact, let's talk about some considerations. First of all, personality. When I transitioned, I went all in. I was like, I'm excited about this. I'm curious. I want to know what's going to happen to my body. I want to know how I'm going to feel. I want to know if this is even feasible. And so I jumped in, that's my personality, but I went in with a curiosity mindset. I didn't go in with this mindset of if I make a mistake, I'm the worst ever, I failed and might as well not even try. Okay. So it's very important. If you can look at the history of your life and you can see that making a full commitment to something ends up in you crashing and burning and giving up, don't try to go 100%, okay? Because you don't have to. Just like I said, you don't have to to have a benefit. But if you're the kind of person that you have a growth mindset, you can try experiments, you aren't going to just crash and burn and give up if you make a mistake, you could go 100% and try it out. If you have trouble with this all or nothing mindset, guess what? I have an episode for that too. Episode number 186 is about cognitive distortions, specifically that all or nothing thinking, okay? So check that out if you struggle with that. Another consideration is what stage of your life are you in and what is your living situation? Are you single? Do you have plenty of time and finances to make this happen? Do you have time to plan it all out and to go shopping and learn new recipes? Awesome. Are you a teenager and you still don't have full control over everything that comes in the house and you're involved in all these social things and you still feel like it's awkward for you in social situations to try to make more plant-based choices? That's a consideration. So think about where you are in your life stage, where you are in your living situation and what might work well for you right now. Like I said, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Another consideration, are you suffering from a chronic disease? Have you been diagnosed with heart disease or atherosclerosis 
or some condition where there is a potential that this could slow down or arrest the condition, you may want to go fully in and see what is the potential of this way of eating, of eating more whole plant foods. When I work with clients as a health and wellness coach, those that come in with chronic conditions, they're usually highly motivated. They either want to decrease or try to get off of their medications. They want to extend their life. They have grandkids. They want to give it a try and they're willing to give it a try for at least 30 days to see what is this going to do? How am I going to feel? Am I going to adapt to this? And then at that point decide, am I going to go 100% going forward or can I make some tweaks? Another consideration, are you very immersed in ultra processed foods? Are you eating them emotionally? Do you feel like you're dependent on them for your happiness? Then you may need a reset of your palate. You can start integrating more whole plant foods little by little. It still works. It just takes more time. But if you're ready to just be like, you know, I am willing to give this two, three, four weeks, go all in, adapt to these flavors, give my brain, give my taste buds time to neuroadapt. Initially, it might be a little hard. Things might taste bland. You may not be used to it. You may still be craving your other foods, but it might go faster and more effectively than if you just try to ease in over time. It really depends on your motivations. It depends on your goals, but I promise 100% that your brain and your taste buds, they will adapt. And one day, the food that you're eating will taste amazing and you'll taste some of that ultra processed food and be like, whoa. Not that you won't eat it again, but you may just be able to eat every once in a while. It'll be enough and you're ready to go back to the food that helps you feel good. Okay, so for health, for environment, for the animals, you don't have to be 100%. You don't. So if you're not ready for that, it's okay. Start making steps. Consider Meatless Monday. Consider having all of your breakfast plant-based or all of your dinners or going plant-based all week and then on the weekend being more flexible or being 100% plant-based at home but socially choosing whatever you want. I call that a social omnivore. You're vegan, plant-based at home, but whenever you go out, you may choose some animal products. Can you believe the impact if everybody ate like that? The impact it would have? Amazing. I'm gonna leave you with some resources. My plant-based starter kit, it also has a download associated with it. It's episode 108B. And in that episode, I talk about the documentaries, the books, all of the websites, things like that, that I recommend when you are starting on this journey and you need more information, especially if you're the kind of person that likes to have the information, definitely recommend Forks Over Knives, The Game Changers, What the Health. Those are great documentaries to get started with, but that's episode 108B, I talk about that. Again, Why Nutrition Matters Now More Than Ever, episode 179, my freebies, all of them, how to replace dairy, meat, egg, plant-based lunches, plant-based breakfast, there's so many of them dryami.com forward slash free. And that's spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-Y-M-I.com forward slash free. My book, I talk about all of these things in my book. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy. I have a whole section on what to eat and why. And I talk about all of these things. So check out my book, please. I'm going to leave you with an adapted quote. The original quote was by Anne-Marie Bonneau who is the zero waste chef. I follow her on Instagram. We don't need a handful of people doing veganism perfectly. 
We need millions of people doing it imperfectly. Now, whenever she said the quote, she was talking to zero waste. So she said, we don't need a handful of people doing zero waste perfectly. We need millions of people doing it imperfectly. That's how I feel about eating plant-based. That's how I feel about veganism. Not everybody is ready. Not everybody is in a place where they can. That doesn't mean you can't start to make changes today, right now, your very next eating opportunity. You can do this. I believe in you. Start where you are. Start where you can. Adapt from there. Continue to seek out resources. Get help. Get support. Find a community. Listen to my podcast episodes because we don't need a handful of people doing it perfectly. We need millions doing it imperfectly. And if you're listening to this episode, it's because you're ready. So go for it. Thank you so much for your attention. I hope that this was helpful and I hope that you have a very plantastic day. Hey, veggie lover. I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.